0: Good morning. Welcome. We are so glad that you're here. Will you stand? Let's praise the Lord together this morning in this place.
1: God, I'm running for your heart. I'm running for your heart. Till I am a soul on fire. Lord. I'm longing for your ways. I'm waiting for the day when I am a soul on fire. Till I am a soul on fire.
2: Thank you so much, worship team, for kicking us off in the right way this morning. Good morning, Kavanaugh Church. How's everyone doing? Good, man. We are so thankful for Jesus and the hope that we have in Him. And we are so thankful also that you are here to celebrate that this morning with us at Kavanaugh Church. Give yourselves a round of applause for making it. Woo! It's good. It's good. So happy to see you, church family. We've been praying for you all week long that God does something really special here in this place today. We believe he he will. We believe that God still works and moves amongst his people and that he is stirring us in the right direction to live a life for him. So that's our prayer for you this week, and we hope that you came ready and expecting him to do great things. Uh, If you're a guest this morning, thank you so much for joining us. We love our church, and we love our place that we have here, and uh, we're glad that you're here too. Um, If you would, take some time out this morning and fill the little connect card in the chair back in front of you. Fill that out, and then at the end of service, um, just take it out these back doors um, and turn it in. We got a little gift for you. It was a little coffee mug and a Chick-fil-A gift card and a couple other things. We want to get to know you, your family, kind of tell you all about our church and where you can get plugged in at. Um, as for the rest of you, we have a lot going on here at the church, and, and we get questions all the time, and so I want to direct you The rest of you over to these two iPads out this back door. Uh, There on these iPads are a little. There's a little button that says newsletter. You can hit that button, put your email in, and you can sign up to get a week at Kavanaugh newsletter, um, and you'll know about everything that goes on in a given week at Kavanaugh or that upcoming week. So we definitely want you. We definitely want to encourage you to do that, uh, so you stay in the know. All right, sound good. Sound good? So thankful to see you guys here. Again, we've been praying for you. And right now we're going to ask God's anointing our service today. So if you could stand with me um, and we're going to give the service to our Savior. Let's pray. Lord, I'm so thankful for um, you allowing us to come back here again. And as that song that we just sang, God, Lord, help us to have a soul that is on fire for you. Help us to be pursuing you this morning, God, as you have pursued us. Lord, As this, as the message is preached this morning... Allow our ears to be attentive. Allow our focus to be solely on you, God. Allow us to put all the distractions off to the side, God. And again, we want to become more like you, God. And as we are able to do that, God, we can be a light and example to our friends, our family, our coworkers, and everyone that is in need of a Savior, God. So, Lord, help us to be the light for you and our world, Lord. We love you, and again, we're so thankful for our church family, God. We pray for over each and every single one of them today. Different ones of them came in with different problems, different situations, God. Lord, we we just ask that that burden is released today, and we can just be, again, solely focused on you, God. We love you so much. We love our church family. Thankful for today in your name. Amen. Real quick, turn around and greet one another. Good to see you this morning.
0: Thank you for being friendly to one another. As we continue our worship this morning, we're gonna read a passage out of Romans 8 and 2 Corinthians chapter five. And if you will follow along with the praise team as we read. Hear the good news.
1: There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Let us worship God.
0: Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The The old life has gone and the a new life has begun. begun. Know that in Jesus, God embraces you, forgives you, and strengthens you to a lot to live a renewed life. Praise
3: God! We, we are, are reconciled, reconciled, redeemed, made new. Let's
0: praise Him this morning. We are made new in Jesus Christ.
1: You're calling me over. You're pulling me
3: you are the honey and the rock for us because God we know we are a needy people and we have lots of things that I know there's several in here myself included that we just need to lay down at your feet because you are the provider we don't need to think about our own selves being the solution God and I pray God that if there's anyone here today that doesn't know you as their savior that they would come and they would find you and that they would understand just how sweet the honey is that you provide and once again, I'm so thankful for this church. I'm so thankful for my family and for all the ways that you've blessed me in my life. And I pray, God, for all the activities that are going on here today. And I pray for Brother Will, a special blessing, a special pouring down of his, your spirit upon him. So that, again, if there's anybody here that doesn't know you as their personal Savior, they would come to know you before it's everlasting too late. And it's in your name, Jesus, that I pray these things. Amen. It is so sweet
1: to trust in Jesus, just to take him at his word, just to
4: How about a big amen from the church people out here? Amen? amen? Man, give God a big hand. That was awesome, man. Fantastic. I certainly appreciate our praise team uh, leading us into worship. And uh, if that don't light your fire, your wood's wet. That's what my old preacher used to say. And, and apparently y'all have never heard that before because it's good to be with you today. We're, we're looking at the core values that make Kavanaugh Church the church that it is, and today we come to core value number five, and it's generosity. Uh, I can remember years ago when we were developing these core values and working our way through them, we kept coming back to this one core value, generosity, And, and we all agreed that we are a generous church, and the reason we're generous is because God is so generous to us, and it was Brother Ray our senior adult pastor who made the statement, he said, Well, you know what? It's got to be one of our core values because, Brother Will, you say almost every week from the pulpit, You can't outgive God. You know, you can't, really, you can't. God is a generous God, and no matter how hard you try, you can't ever outgive God. And so today we're going to talk about generosity. Now, when I say generosity, I am not, look at me, I'm not just talking about money. What I'm talking about is being generous with your time, being generous with your energy, being generous with your praise and worship, being generous with the talent that God has given you, being generous in every area of your life. It is becoming an unselfish person. Now, most of us are pretty self-centered. And so we really have to work on this to become an unselfish person. And we do that through giving, through being a generous person. So the question is, what is generosity? And why is God so interested in generosity? Well, I, I think the answer is because generosity is love in action. That's my short definition of generosity. It's love in action. Did you know that you can give without loving You can. You can give without love. I can give something to you and not love you or even care about you. I can do it out of a sense of obligation, or I can do it in hopes of getting something back. So you can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. Because when you really love someone, you're going to give to them. You're going to be generous. Now I can tell my wife, I love you, baby. Look at me, baby. I love you, baby. I can say that until I'm blue in the face. But you know what? If I don't give anything to my wife, if I don't give her my time, my energy, my focus, the best that I have, and yes, even little love notes and gifts just because I want to give her a gift, if I never give her anything, all I'm doing is blowing smoke when I tell her I love her. I got three precious kids, two grandbabies, and one on the way. Well, we're ready for that one on the way, aren't we? We sure are. And you know what? I can tell my little babies, my grandkids, my children, I love you, but unless I am giving to them, unless I am investing my life in them, I really don't love them at all. I'm not being generous at all. Where do I get this? Where, where does this thinking come from? Well, it comes from the Bible. The most famous verse in the Bible is John 3, 16. Help me with that. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And as I said, generosity is simply love in action. And that was love in action to the highest degree. God giving us his only son and Jesus giving us his life. And if I am not a generous person, let me tell you, I am not a loving person. I may think that I am, but I'm not. Because love is all about giving. It's not about getting. It's about giving. How many of y'all listen to the radio? Still, you listen to the radio. There's a lot of songs on the radio that are quote unquote love songs. They're really not love songs. They're lust songs. Lust is all about getting. What are you going to give to me? How do you make me feel? You make me feel like a natural woman. You make me feel so good. You know what? That, that's lust. That's not love. Love is giving. Lust is about getting. Now, it's interesting. I, I did a, a word study on the major words of the Bible, some key words in the Bible. For example, the word believe. You, that's an important word in the Bible, isn't it? Believe. If you're going to be a Christian, you've got to believe. If you're going to trust in Jesus, you've got to believe. If you're going to go to heaven, you've got to believe, that word believe is used 272 times in the Bible. What about pray? Would you agree with me that pray is an important thing to do? It's an important word in the Bible. It's used 371 times in the Bible. What about the the word love? We've already talked about love. That's important, isn't it? How many times is love used in the Bible? 714 times. But what about the word give? and its derivatives the word give is used in the bible 2152 times why why so many times it's because god is a giver our god is a giver everything you have in your life right now stop and think about it everything you have is a gift from god if god was not generous let me tell you you would have absolutely nothing. If God was not generous, your heart would not be beating right now. God is a generous God. Some of the things maybe you don't think about, God gives us air to breathe. Praise the Lord. God gives us sunshine. God gave us the rain yesterday. God gives us a mind so that we can think. He's given you everything in your life, and everything you have is nothing but a sheer gift from God. Even the ability to get up in the morning and go to your job so that you can earn wages is a gift from God. And God wants us to learn to be just like him. And and I've said it already, What, what is God? He's like, you haven't been listening, have you? Now, come on, kids. I'm about to send you to Brother Johnny's Kids Church. No, that would be a mistake. He's got 19 tables set up in the big gym full of candy. I feel sorry for you parents today. God wants us to learn to be like him. God is a giver. So here's what happens every time you're generous. I'm going to give to you seven things that happen to you every time you give. And I, I said to, this, to the first service, I know some of you are freaking out. Seven? He's got seven things? Seven? Really? Let me tell you, when I wrote this, there were 12 that I came up with. But I thought to myself, there's no way they're going to listen to 12, a dozen things that They They can't listen that long. Now, that's bad on my part, isn't it? You won't listen that long. So I, I thought maybe, maybe the perfect number seven will work. So can you, can you pick these up? I'm going to throw them down. Can you pick them up? Seven things that happen when we are generous people. Like number one, generosity draws me closer to God. Every time I'm generous, I'm taking a step in God's direction, becoming a little more like Him. Why? Because whatever I invest in is what I'm interested in. Whatever I invest in is what I'm interested in. If I invest my time in something, if I invest my money in something, if I invest my energy in something, whether it's golf or shooting guns or a new business plan, whatever I invest my time and my money in really shows what's important to me. And don't give me that phony line, well, I don't have enough time for it. Let me tell you, you have enough time for what's important in your life. You make time for what's important. And when I invest in God and when I invest in God's work, it not only honors God, it is pulling me, drawing me, making me closer to God. Because wherever my money and my time and my energy goes, that's where my heart goes. Deuteronomy 14, 23, it says, the purpose of tithing is to teach you to always put God first in your lives. That's the reason we give. It's to remind us that God is first in our life, and we're putting God first in our life. We give the first part of our income, that is 10%, on the first day of the week, and we're saying, God, you are number one. It's a perpetual reminder. Every time I come in here to church, I am to bring the tithe and give it back to God, and it is reminding me of what's really important in my life, and that is God and God's business. In Matthew 6, 21, Jesus put it like this, your heart will be wherever your treasure is. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. Wherever you put your money, your time, your energy, That's where your heart's going to be. And if you want to be close to God, you need to be investing your time, your talents, and your treasure with God. It'll draw you closer to Him. Number two, generosity makes me more like Jesus Christ because the most generous person who's ever lived was Jesus Christ. He sacrificed His own life for us. The Bible says, "We have been saved because of the generosity of Jesus. Let me go back to John 3:16. "For God so loved the world, He gave His only Son." That was big on God's part. God loved you so much, He gave you Jesus. But Jesus loved you so much, He gave His life. How much did Jesus love you? <laughs> that much, man. When he stretched his arms out on that old rugged cross and died on calvary's hill to save you from your sins that's huge jesus gave us his life's blood so that we can have life and every time you give whether it's your time your money your energy anything you're becoming a little more like jesus christ every time you give your heart grows bigger and bigger. Every time you give, you become more like Christ. I like the way it's put in Proverbs chapter 21, verse 26. The greedy always want more. Now, how many of you would agree with that? Really, it's the way it is. If you're greedy, you never have enough. You you get what you want, and then you want a little more. The greedy always want more, but the godly, they love to give. And the more godly you become, the more generous you are. This thing also works in reverse. The more generous you are, the more godly you become. Are you following me? Are you picking up what I'm putting down? The more godly you are, the more generous you are. The more generous you are, the more godly you'll be. Luke chapter 11, verse 41, it says this. Purity is best demonstrated by generosity. So if if you are a holy person, if you're like Jesus and like God, that's going to be demonstrated through your generosity. Holiness is best demonstrated by being a giver. It makes me more like Jesus Christ when I give. Now when I read this verse, purity is best demonstrated by generosity, I think of that story I heard Told by John Maxwell years ago. I went to one of his seminars. John Maxwell was a, a, a very influential pastor out in California. His ministry grew so big that he started helping other pastors, motivational speaker. Then he started this company called Enjoy, and they went out helping churches, pastors. Uh, they became a capital campaign uh, organization. We've used Enjoy twice as we've raised money here at Cavanaugh Church to build new buildings. And I heard John Maxwell tell this story years ago. There was this man who had a little boy, a little, little toddler, maybe four years old. The kid was in the back seat, in his, in his car seat, and they were driving down the road going home. And the kid kept saying, Dad, I, I really want some fries at McDonald's. Dad, give me some fries at McDonald's. So Dad just whipped into McDonald's, took his son out of the, the car seat, carried him in, and ordered some french fries for his son and a Sprite to drink. They got their fries and Sprite, went over to the table. He set his son down in, in that high chair, uh, laid out the french fries on a napkin, squirted out the ketchup for him, and the little kid was just gobbling up those french fries. Dad and the kid were talking and having a great time. And the dad said this, As I sat there and watched my son eat those french fries, they smelled so good that I just reached over and took one. Dad didn't catch up and ate it. And I was appalled when my four-year-old son looked at me and said, no, Dad, they're not yours, they're mine. Anybody been there? Dad said, I immediately had three thoughts. And I knew this guy had to be a preacher if he had three thoughts. He said, Number one, I realized that my child had forgotten that I am the source of his French fries. I'm the one who drove him to McDonald's. I carried him in on my hip. I ordered the fries. I paid for the fries. I carried both him and the fries to the table. I squirted out the ketchup. I got the fries ready for him. I gave him those fries. He wouldn't have a single fry if it weren't for his daddy who loves him. And the only reason he has those fries is because of me. Second thing I realize is that my child doesn't realize that I could take away those french fries if I wanted to. I could take them away and say, no more, you can't have any more. That's all you can eat. I I could take them away instantly from him. I could throw them in the trash can if I wanted to. Or on the other hand, I could go back up to the counter and tell that little girl behind the counter, would you please bury my boy in fries? I was totally in charge. The four-year-old wasn't. Now when I said that first service, a lot of people laughed. Y'all still don't know who's in charge, do you? And he said, third, I realized that I really didn't need his fries. In fact, if if I really wanted fries, I could go up there and buy them for myself because I've got money in my pocket. It all belongs to me anyway. I could buy a boatload of fries for myself. I just wanted my boy to learn unselfishness. I wanted my boy to learn how to share you know what those are the same three reasons God wants you to learn generosity look at me everybody look at me and on a little secret here God doesn't need your money it all belongs to him anyway fact of the matter is if you want to get technical it wasn't yours before you were born and it ain't going to be yours after you're dead. All of it really belongs to God. He just loaned it to you while you're alive. It's all His. He is the source of everything you have in your life. If God didn't love you, and if God were not generous to you, you would have zip, nada, nothing. And you know what? He could take it all away from you instantly. Just like that, it could be gone. Or, on the other hand, He could give you 10 times the amount you have right now instantly. God, more than anything else, wants you to learn how to be unselfish. Why? Because God himself is the greatest French fry giver of all. <laughs> God is generous. And when I give, it is making me more like Jesus. And that's important. Number three, generosity is the cure for materialism. Materialism is all about getting. Getting. Get 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 get. Get all you can, can all you get. Think about that. And materialism is about taking in and acquiring and hoarding. And I've got to get more and more and more. The only antidote the only antidote that I know of for materialism is learning how to give. Jesus said it like this in Matthew 6:24. You cannot serve both God and money. Maybe you know that verse by you can't serve both God and mammon. Mammon means money. Notice he didn't say you should not serve both God and money. He said you can't. It's impossible. You can't have two gods in your life. You've got to decide what's more important to you. What is more important to you, being rich and having money and spending money and saving money and investing money, or is it God? Really, I've got to answer the question, what's more important to me? Is God number one in my life and really number one, or is the stuff of this world number one in my life? God says you can't have two gods in your life. We live in a consumer-driven culture would you agree with that and it's pretty hard for us to fight materialism because it hits us from every side every day do you agree with that it's very easy to get caught up in being a consumer and in thinking that my life my net worth determines my self-worth it doesn't your values are not your valuables and your net worth and your self worth are not at all connected. 1 Timothy chapter 6, great passage of scripture. I'm actually gonna read it a couple of times this morning. Here's the first time 1 Timothy 6, verse 17. Command those who are rich. Time out. Time out. That's you. It's you, 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 you. Say, well, preacher, I'm not rich. Well, compared to 90% of the world, yes, you are rich. We're all rich. Command those, those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Everything God has given you is is so that you can enjoy life. Command them, that's you, command them to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will take hold of the life that is true life. The only antidote for materialism is learning how to give and you don't know what you're really living for until you break this grip of materialism in your life. And the only way you can do that is to give. Be generous. Number four, generosity brings God's blessing into your life. I could give you 100 verses for this, but suffice it to say that generosity brings God's blessing into your life. If you want God's blessing in your life, you must learn how to not be a miser. Not be stingy. You must learn to be open-handed with what God has given you. Helping other people with everything that you got. Just allow God's blessings to flow through you into the lives of others. And the more you give away of your time, your talent, and your treasure, the more God is gonna give to you. Come on. The more you give, the more God's gonna give to you. Giving brings God's blessing. Now, those of you who've been here, y'all know that I'm not one of these health and wealth kind of preachers. You know that, don't you? But what I'm preaching is biblical theology. You give and God is going to bless you. Proverbs 22, verse 9. Generous people will be blessed. You either believe that or you don't believe that. But I believe it because God said it. And I know it's true. Generous people will be blessed. How about Deuteronomy 15, verse 10. Give generously. Then because of this, God will bless you in all your work. You want God to bless all your work? And in everything you put your hand to do. You want God to bless your work and everything you put your hand to do? There's the answer right there. You learn how to be a generous giver. One more verse in this section, 2 Corinthians 9, 7 and 8. God loves the one who gives gladly. And God will make it up to you by giving you everything you need and even more so that there will not only be enough for your own needs, but plenty left over to give joyfully to others. Generosity brings God's blessing into your life. You don't believe that? I dare you to try it. Number five, generosity increases my happiness. And I don't know, I'm just kind of looking out there. I can't hardly see you very well, but I can some of y'all need this right now. I can <laughs> the only people who don't know this truth, that generosity increases their happiness, are people who are not generous. They, they've never experienced that joy that comes through giving. Jesus said it like this in Acts 2035. There is more happiness in giving than in receiving. You know it like this. It's more blessed to give than to receive. Now, I, I will admit that that when I was a kid, I, I, didn't, I didn't understand this very well because when I was a kid at Christmas time, it was not about anybody else in that house, it was about me. Are you with me? When I was a kid, all I was concerned about was what I was gonna get for Christmas. All my joy came from the gifts I was given for Christmas. I I didn't care what my sister got. I could care less what she got. My my parents would always give us a little bit of money so that we could go buy them something for Christmas. They would drive us to the store and let us go in and buy them something. I I could care less about what I got my mom and dad. Honestly. Yeah, I'm just being honest. You you know it's true. When you're a kid, all you care about is, is what you get. You know what? That was a long time ago. I was very immature, and I was very self-centered. How do I know that? Because I've grown up now. I'm I'm not only a husband, I'm a father, and beyond that, I'm a granddaddy. I'm Poe. And so let me tell you what, today it really doesn't, doesn't matter what I get for Christmas. In fact, I could care less what I get for Christmas. Honestly, you don't have to give me anything for Christmas. Why? My joy comes from sitting there watching my kids and especially my grandbabies open the gifts that I have bought for them. Why? Because I grew up. I stopped being self-centered. I stopped being all about me. You know what that's called? That's called maturity. Unfortunately, some people never grow up. And at 80 years old, it's still all about them. What am I going to get out of this? And they've never learned the joy of generosity. Can I tell you, generosity brings happiness. You just talked to some of the people in our church who have been involved in Adopt a Family or now Adopt a Missionary, and they take these little kids out and let them buy whatever they want to buy because of the money you have given for Adopt a Missionary. It is, it is, Guys, those of you who have witnessed it, it is amazing, isn't it? You see the faces of those little kids and, and they're getting stuff like they've never gotten before and the joy is there. It's, it's undiluted joy and it brings happiness to you because you get to see that. Generosity increases my happiness. Some of you need to do it right. You need to go give something right now. because you. Number six, generosity multiplies my money. It's a big one right here. Generosity actually multiplies my money. God's worked out this program. God's smart. Did you know that? God, God's incredibly smart. And, and he has set up the universe on, on his system of giving. And here's, here's what God said to do. God said to us, I want you to give me 10% of what you make. The first 10% of what you make, I want you to give me. Now, in church, we call that tithing. It's a tithe, 10%. And here's the cool thing, because God made it this way. If you do that, if you give him the first 10%, God is able to take that 90% that is left and stretch it out in such a way that you've actually got more than you would have had if you would have kept the whole 100% yourself. Thank you, Jason. It really does work. I can't explain it. I don't know the technical aspects of how God set this system up. I just know it works. Why does it work? Because we're dealing with God. And he uses this divine dynamic that makes it work. Proverbs eleven twenty five: a generous man or woman will prosper. You want to prosper? There it is. Become generous. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. And then I love 2 Corinthians nine eleven. You will be enriched. That means you're going to have more than you have right now. You'll be enriched so that... You'll be enriched so that you can become a fat cat. <laughs> and spend it all on yourself. No. You will be enriched so that you can give even more generously. You give, God's going to give back to you so that you can even be more generously. God multiplies our money that way. I I really struggled this week. Okay, how how am I going to say this and convey this in a way that we get it? And I I came up with this. God says says to me, hey, Will, you want to play a game? God's all about having fun. He is. He really is. He, He has a sense of humor. He made you. He made me. And so God says, Will, you want to play a game? I say, sure, God, I'd love to play a game with you. He says, okay, here's how it works. You start by giving. You give to me. Now, can I tell you, church, I don't have a problem with that. Because I was taught by those people on the second row there years ago that here's what we do as Christians. We, we tithe. God has, my daddy sat down with my sister and I before we got our first job at six years old. <laughs> it was close to that. I think I was actually seven or eight, but slave drivers. We had a paper route. Dad, Dad went to work when he was probably five years old, so he thought, what's good for me is going to be good for them. So we were, we were they didn't have child labor laws in Midland back then. But my daddy set us down and and taught us from a very young age that as a Christian, God commanded to tithe. So the first 10% of what you make, you give back to God. And he he gave us the promise there. God says that if you do this, he's going to bless you and take care of you. And he told my sister and I, kids, it works. I know it works because this is the way your mom and I live. Okay. And so when I was a little kid, I started tithing with my first job. and, And I don't have a problem with that. My whole life, I could could have cared less if the electric company got their payment or if the mortgage company got their house payment or if anybody else got paid. The first person I was going to write a check to was the Lord's house. And it's just programmed into me. I I believe that. And can I testify? God is true with his promise. God, God gives and he keeps giving. When we do what is right, God blesses us. God has given me more than I ever dreamed or imagined that I would ever have as a free will Baptist preacher. God just keeps pouring on the blessings to me. And it's not because I'm some great orator, great preacher. No, it's because I've been faithful. And because I'm faithful, he's faithful. So God says, let's play this game, Will. You give. You give to me first. Okay, that's my part. I give. And God says, okay, when you give to me, I want to give back to you. So I give to him, he gives back to me. And then he says, now you give to others. Now, this is where maybe we start having a little bit of problem. Really, God, I get the the stuff I have I need to give to others? He says, yes, you just give it to others. I'll direct you to people you give it to, or a missionary may come to your church. You give to others. You help other people. I give to you. You give back to me. You give to others, and then I'll give back to you, God says. So you follow in this game, God says, I want to play with you. God says to me, you give to me, I'll give back to you. You give to others. I'll give back to you. And then God goes like this. Let's just see who wins this game. And can I tell you something? God's always going to win. Why? Because you can't outgive God. Somehow some way in his divine plan with his di- divine dynamic, God multiplies my money. When I'm generous, God is generous back to me. Now, we've hit it. We've, hit, we've struck gold, number seven. It's that number you've been waiting on. Generosity is going to be rewarded in heaven. First Timothy 6, 18 says, use your money to do good. Use your money to do good. Did you know money is to be used? It's not to be loved, it's to be used. If you use money, then you're gonna love people. But you know what? You can get that turned around. If you start loving money, then you're gonna start using people. Money is simply a tool. M- money is neither good nor bad, it's neutral. You can use it for good, you can use it for bad. There's nothing evil about money, it's just neutral. It can be used in some really good ways, or it can be used in some really bad ways. Now you're sitting there thinking, well preacher, doesn't the Bible say that money is the root of all evil? No, it doesn't say that. In fact, in the same passage I'm reading up a few verses, 1 Timothy 6.10, here's what the verse actually says, read it with me the love of money is the root of all evil. You're to love people and use money. Not reversed. So he says, use money to do good. Are we there? Use money to do good. Now let me go back up to 1 Timothy six eighteen and 19. Always being ready to share with others whatever God has given you. By doing this, you will be storing up real treasure in heaven. It is the only safe investment for eternity. And they, that's us, will be living a fruitful Christian life here as well. Now, that's the best investment plan you can make with your money. You can store it in heaven. You can store it in heaven. Can I tell you this? You ain't gonna take it with you I've done hundreds of funerals. I've been in even more funeral processions, and I've never seen a hearse pulling a U-Haul because you can't take it with you. But you know what you can do? You can send it on ahead. How do you do that? Well, four times in the Bible, Jesus says, store up treasures in heaven. He said, store up treasures in heaven. Store up treasures in heaven. He tells us, store up treasures in heaven. How do you do that? How do you bank in heaven? By investing in people who are going there. That's how you store up treasures in heaven. You you invest it in people who are going to heaven. By investing in what we're doing right here at Kavanaugh Church. What is our purpose statement? We exist as a church to win people to Christ. That's what we're about, getting people into heaven, helping people get strong in their faith, getting them growing. He said that's what investing in heaven is all about. He said what you send on ahead of you, you're going to be able to enjoy. You'll be able to treasure it in heaven for yourself. One of the most important things Jesus said about this is found in Luke chapter 16 verse 9. I'll tell you, if you go home and read Luke chapter 16, the, the beginning verses, you're going you're to be scratching your head because Jesus tells a, a parable there that's, that's really kind of tough to understand. And then he says this in verse 9, and it's even tougher to understand. Here's what he says in verse 9. I tell you, use your worldly resources, your filthy lucre, to benefit others and make friends. Now, Back in the day when I first read that, I thought, really, Jesus, you want me to buy friends? Is that what he's talking about? I tell you, use your worldly resources to benefit others and make friends. In this way, your generosity stores up a reward for you in heaven. Now, I could get real technical with you and tell you all the theology going on here, but let me just just break it down. Here's what he's saying here. He's telling you to take some of the money that you've earned, okay, not in a dishonest way, but money that you've worked hard for, and use that money to build bridges of friendships with people who are unsaved... For the purpose of sharing with them the good news of the gospel and the hope that they're going to get saved. You use your money to win people to Jesus Christ. And when you get to heaven, there are going to be people in heaven who greet you and say, I just want to hug your neck and thank you for giving to the Lord. You gave some money and that money was used so that I could hear the gospel and I'm saved. I'm in heaven today because of you, and we are forever friends. Thank you. So let me ask you this. Is anybody going to be in heaven because of the way you have used your money? Are you going to have any friends up there because people say, Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm here because of you. That Sunday, those Gideons came to your church, and and you gave to that that Gideon so that Bibles could be bought. One of those Bibles that was bought was put in a hospital room, and after I had surgery, I picked up that Bible, and I read it, and I got saved because of the Word of God. Now that I'm in heaven, God showed me the whole plan, and it was you who gave the money, who bought the Bible, that I got saved by. That is cool, man. Or they might say to you, thank, thank you so much for sponsoring that program at Kavanaugh Church. Because of, because of that ministry, I got saved. Or how about this? Thank you for giving to build that building that, that, that they call Kavanaugh Church. It was in that church that I gave my heart to Jesus Christ. I want to thank you for the help that you gave so that I came to know the Lord. I'm here because of you. I'm in heaven because of you. Guys, that's what it means to be rewarded in heaven. It it makes me think of that old song, Thank You for Giving to the Lord. Hmm. And those are rewards you're going to have forever. Think of it like this. Everything I spend on myself on earth, I'm going to lose. Everything you've got right now, I don't care how cool that car is or how great that boat is or how cool that new gun is or... (laughs) I can't think of girl things. You You can just kind of put your own thing in there. You know what? You're going to leave it. Everything I invest in others and in God's work, I'm going to gain in heaven. Where do I want to keep my greatest wealth? Here in this earth where I can only use it for, I don't know, 70, 80 years and then leave it all behind for kids to fight over? Or in heaven? where I get to use it for trillions and trillions of years in eternity. I don't know about you, but for me, it's a no-brainer. Generosity is going to be rewarded in heaven. So church, let's learn how to give. Let's become generous people because that's who God is. And we can never outgive God. Now, let me finish, and I'm about finished. By going back to that very first verse we talked about, John 3.16, the great most famous verse in the Bible. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Can I tell you? That's how much God loves you. I'm just looking at all of you, trying to. Gary, old boy born in Pine Bluff, Arkansas. God loved Gary Taylor so much that he gave his only son. For you. And then you put on top of that Jesus. How much does Jesus love you? The old preacher used to say that much. Enough to die on Calvary's cross. Jesus loves you so much he has provided salvation for you. You can be forgiven of all your sins today. Guilt can go out the door today. And besides all that, you can go to heaven through Jesus Christ. That's God's gift to you. And the only way you are going to become a truly generous person is when you first receive the gift God's given to you. You've got to receive that gift, accept that gift, believe that gift, trust that gift. You need Jesus in your life. And when that miracle, Freddie, when that miracle happens of the new birth, everything changes in your life, doesn't it? Old things are passed away. Behold, everything becomes new. And one of the new things, Stacey, that happens is God gives you a heart like his, and God is a giving God. So let me it comes down to a spiritual aspect here. If you're not generous and if you're not a giver and you call yourself a Christian, maybe there's something wrong between you and your relationship with God. You need to work that out because if you're going to follow him, you're going to have to learn how to give with a smile on your face. So let's do that today. If you've never received the gift of God, I invite you to come and receive that gift. Get saved. We'll show you how. For the rest of you, come and and just say, Lord, I'm giving my life on the altar today. I'm going to give back to you. I'm giving you right now. I'm giving you my life. And I know as I give, you're going to give back. I'm going to give to others. You're going to give back. And Lord, I want to play that game with you. You can do that at the altar today. Maybe you just need to come and pray. (laughs) Can't think of a better place or time to pray than here today. Heavenly Father, would you help us? Dear Jesus, please help us to, to have faith and to come to you today. Lord, there's somebody in this room who needs to be saved. They need to invite Jesus into their heart, ask God to forgive them of their sins, and I pray that they would come right now and do that. Lord Jesus, we also ask that you would help us respond by coming and presenting our life as a living sacrifice and and learning how we can be givers. Lord, for those who just need to come and, and pray and lift up their burdens to you, I pray, dear Lord, that they would have faith and be motivated to come and pray. We dedicate this time to you. We ask for your blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with heads bowed and eyes closed? Praise team's going to sing. As soon as you stand up, come on. Just come on. Let's pray at the altar today. Whatever your need is, God can meet it. You just come and pray. lord jesus I, I pray that we would trust you today with the stuff of life lord help us to realize that everything we have is a gift from you we, we wouldn't even be here if it were not for you help us to realize it's not ours and we don't need to hoard it or hang on to it we need to hold it with open hands to be willing to give it back to you or give it to others if you tell us to Dear Lord, help us all to become generous givers just like you are. And I pray, dear Lord, that Kavanaugh would continue to be a generous church. Help help us to realize, Lord, we can't outgive you. Help us, dear Lord, to trust you and follow you and obey you in all things. Love you so much, Lord. Love these people. I pray a blessing on them, their families, and our church. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Can't wait till next Sunday. We get to preach on another core value. Anybody know what core value? Next one is number six. Anybody know? Anybody? Anybody? I'm not going to tell you. When you walk out the door, look. They're they're on the wall over there. It's unity, man. You know we're better together. And I can't wait for next Sunday. Apparently you can't either. Hey, when you walk out of the room today, make sure you drop your offering in one of those black boxes and. We have started giving for Adopt-A-Missionary. The big dates that our missionaries with their kids uh, are going to be here is December 11th and 18th. Uh, We're going to provide Christmas for all of our home missionaries' children. Uh, There's going to be 46, 48 of them this year. We're going to provide for plus 30 more from Puerto Rico. So the, the need is great. You please give so that we can provide Christmas for these kiddos Uh, you can drop that in the uh, black box as well then go over here to these ipads and you can also sign up to be a worker or a helper when all of these kids come on december 11th and 18th on tuesday november the 1st our free will baptist denomination has set aside a day of prayer and fasting for repentance in our nation can i tell you america needs to repent okay but repentance begins in our own heart so I'm asking you to do that this Tuesday. Pray for repentance. Repent yourself. Fast for repentance. Uh, Devin has posted on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter different ways that you can fast. And so look those up and, and give some time on our Mo- Tuesday, November 1st, in, in fasting. Ladies, raise your hand if you're a lady. You're precious. Thank you for being a lady. And we have a special event for you Thursday night. It's Ladies' Bunko Night. I've never played bunko, but I hear it's a real treat. I hear it's a whole lot of fun. And I have found out from other sources, my wife is very competitive at bunko. Well, let me tell you, that's just the way she is. And so anyway, ladies, come and enjoy that. Uh, I want to thank you for Pastor Appreciation Month. Uh, The church has... uh, given a nice gift to each staff member and I want to thank you from the staff to the church instead of y'all appreciating us we want to appreciate you and I, there's just a couple of us in here but let's thank the staff members thank the church for, all right thank you guys thank you so much I think let me look here let me look here c groups if you're in c group make sure you go to your c group here it is here's what I am want to say is Kaylee Powell here Kaylee Powells are you are you in our room um, Kaylee Piles, she's probably still in Hot Springs. Kaylee Piles is uh, a young lady who comes at our church. We first got to know Kaylee uh, when she played volleyball at Mansfield. Maddie, you remember Kaylee Piles, y'all played against her and even with her in in some some tournaments. Uh, Kaylee graduated from Mansfield, she was on the volleyball team, basketball team and also the track team. She went on and played volleyball in in college and now she comes to our church and she is the head volleyball coach in Mansfield. Yesterday in Hot Springs, they won state championship, they are, listen to this before you clap, They are a three-time state champion winner. They've done a three-peat this year, and it was all because of Kaylee. I I believe that. She's a great young lady. She'll be here next Sunday. Get around and meet her and uh, congratulate her. All right? Will you please be a giver? I, I noticed right when we gave the invitation, we had a lot of people get up and leave. They're not mad. I know what they went and did. They went and helped Brother Johnny give candy out on those 19 tables. If you're a parent or a grandparent, good luck this afternoon. Get out of here.